Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. Something exciting happened to a book that I represent, and this has never, this has never happened before in my career. Yeah, congratulations. This Thank is a big you. one for you. It is a big deal. So the book Mox by John Moxley uh, released uh, November 2nd. So as of this recording, it was this week. And it hit, it climbed the Amazon charts and hit as high as number 15 overall in all like book sales. So that is a that, big deal. That is amazing. So you guys are like millionaires now, right? <laughs> That right? is that is what I would like to believe, <laughs> but but I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation when it comes to hitting one of those big milestones, whether it be a great rank on Amazon or a New York Times list or whatever those whatever those milestones are that authors tend to hang their hat on and say, this is it, this is my moment. There's right. a lot of misinformation with what that actually means in terms of practical money and book sales terms. Yes. So there is a handy resource online. Uh, I'm gonna give the URL here, tckpublishing.com. And then there's a slash Amazon hyphen book hyphen sales hyphen calculator. And it's an Amazon book sales calculator where you go in there and you type in your information. This is my print book or it's an ebook and you type in what the rank is and it gives you an estimate of how many copies are being sold during a 24 hour period of time. Oh, that's pretty handy. It is. It's super handy. And while it's not exactly right because no one has any way of actually knowing what the sales are at any given time on Amazon, except for, you know, if you're a self-published author and you can like log into your portal or whatever. Right. You um, can check your own analytics if you're self-published, but if you're with a publisher. Right. It's a lot gotta, harder. You got to wait for that royalty statement, basically. Yes. And that can take like for this particular book, like we aren't going to see a royalty statement until probably like next March. And we can email. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to, should we then talk about that for a minute? Do you Ooh, think? I mean, yeah, I made a face because, uh, <laughs> cause you're like, what? So <laughs> this does not sit well with my need for instant gratification. Right. In a world where I can drone my groceries to me, not getting paid on something I did in November. Right. Until March. Yeah. So archaic. That... <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know the... we've got some some publisher friends who listen, but that system is archaic. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. And like, you can reach out to your editor or reach out to the marketing team and be like, Hey, where are we with sales? And they are usually happy to give numbers. So you can find out before then, but that's a lot of work to ask for, to ask someone for numbers and for them to hunt it down. And so usually what happens is we'll ask a few times and then over time we just stop asking and we wait for those royalty reports to right. show up and they show up most publishers pay uh twice a year and so it'll be you know the first half of the year and the second half of the year those will be the two different royalty reports but the reports won't show up until like 60 to 90 days after the fact because they have to do all of their 
computing and math and right. <laughs> whatnot. So that's why it's so late. That's why we probably won't know actual sales and like get a royalty statement until March on this book because it released in November and then, yeah. So I just want to toss in a caveat there. If you're, if you are the author who wants to know what your royalties are at, when you're saying, you know, we can ask the publisher, you can't ask the publisher every day. Right. You know, right. Like, don't, don't be that guy. Don't mix it with, yeah. Don't be that guy. <laughs> it's, it's fine to ask every week if the book is really moving. Like if you see those Amazon numbers moving and you know, there's traction on this book, I think asking once a week makes perfect sense. Right. If the book is not showing signs of movement, well then, I mean, there's probably not much to report on the publisher's end. <laughs> You're just depressing yourself at that point. Yes. But I think something that I want, I definitely want to talk about is this idea that if I hit number 15 on Amazon, then I am set. I, this book is going to be a bestseller for sure. I'm going to get a pile of money and my career is going to be made. And while sometimes that's true, and sometimes those that Amazon rank does mean that the book is performing really well and flying off of store shelves all across the country, not just on Amazon.com. Right. Many times what happens is a book will fly up the charts and hit a number like that, and then it'll come straight down. And it'll settle in some something around, you know, the 20,000 ranking on Amazon, mm -hmm. which really is not it does not mean that there's much sales happening for the right. book. And so authors tend to want that like momentary spike of sales and they think that's a good thing, but really the best the best thing to have is a long-term steady consistent sales. Like you want those sales to be just steady long-term because that's going to be that that's going to ensure that the book is going to, you know, move more copies rather than a single day spike or a couple day spike. Right. Cause we were talking about this a little bit before that single day or that, you know, short lived spike can sometimes mean, you know, a book that is super targeted to a very specific audience and it, it hits the market and people find it and people want it and they go out and they buy it. But then that doesn't necessarily mean that it has legs to keep standing on or that it's going to continue to reach a wider audience, you know? And it, that single day might only mean 2000 copies sold. Like we think of like, oh, if I can hit number whatever, that'll be like 10,000 copies sold in a day and I'll be set. But sometimes it only means 2000 or it means 1500. Right. It's not a life-changing amount of copies sold, which is why having long-term pot like having a good long-term sales ranking is so much more important than like a single spike over a short period of time i've worked with a few authors who they've been like really happy with their amazon rankings upon book release right and they're really excited and they want to get the numbers from the publisher and then once we get them they're just like this is it <laughs> this is Right. This is all that I've sold. So what are some things that authors can do to ensure the longevity of that rank? You know how they tell people who run like sprinting races that you don't slow down until after you've crossed the finish line, mm -hmm. you know, like you need to still be going full pace at the finish line and then you can 
slow down. And I think, you know, when you see that spike and you think of that as the end goal, hitting the highest number you possibly can, I think that doesn't account for all the work that has to go into your marketing plan for after the book releases. It's kind of like slowing down as soon as you hit that finish line, instead of continuing to go full speed to make sure you're getting everything you possibly can out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely true. I think there's a sense to like focus all of your effort around that release day. Mm -hmm. And to obviously that release window is a great time for publicity. Don't get me wrong. Like that's when you want to have, like that's when you're going to have the most success securing publicity efforts but there should be a plan for the what happens next what's the plan once that publicity window closes what's the plan for the holiday push what's the plan for a push around any other event or date that might be significant to your book having a plan long long term are there more podcasts you can get on are there more friends you can hit up to help spread the word about your book? Is there going to be a sale on your book that you can use to promote? Like not giving up once that promotion window closes is key to making sure that the book stays higher in those rankings and doesn't dip down into like the dangerous space of being 200,000 rank on Amazon, which is means like you're selling maybe like half a book a month. Another strategy that can work aside of just the the push and grind of marketing efforts, the release of the next book can many times boost the release of the first book. And we see this in fiction and nonfiction. Um, and I want to talk about nonfiction for a minute because I think that's like a rarity to hear about like nonfiction book series. I was a part of a series of Enneagram devotionals. And so each number had its own devotional book and we released them in chunks. We released three numbers a year ago, three more numbers six months ago, and the last three numbers released just a a week or so ago. Nice. And that strategy was frustrating for a while because we really wanted to have all of the books out there so that we could really do a big push for all of the books and get them into churches and get them into groups to study them. But what happened, I noticed, is the excitement for that series built over time as people started to first of all know that the series existed like that was the first hurdle that we had to cross how do we get people to know about this series right then as they waited for their number to release or their friend's number to release Mm -hmm. it became this thing and i've noticed the best-selling book in that series which happened to be the type 9 book it like has consistently hung out in a like around the twenty thousand spot on Amazon, like this entire time, which I will take that any day over a brief shot up to number 100. Right. And of course, I'm sure you've seen this series strategy work with fiction too, right? Where a sequel book helps boost the first. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just about later on today, I'm going to head off to a conference where their motto is nothing sells the last book like the next book. And yeah, series just they perform better. You've got more of an opportunity to get people hooked on the character or hooked on the story and taking them along for that ride. Mm -hmm. And if your sequel, you know, if book three or four of a series is charting well, I guarantee that you're seeing increases on books one, two, or three, you know, that's just how it goes. The longer something is around, the more time people have to get excited about it, to hear about it. And have to wait for it Mm -hmm. 
and talk about it and share it, then yeah, you're, you're just going to get more exposure. So our friend, Will White, he did an interview for our podcast over one of the summers. He just released another one of his books. I'm sure it's a sequel in one of his series because he has several of them. Um, And that again, hit number one overall on Amazon. And that's a goal that he's Hmm. hit before and he's done it again. And that is such a huge accomplishment. And what is even more important with him, because this is what I get the sense from him. Like, yeah, so hitting that number one spot, that is huge. But if he can like stay in the top 100 for a month, that's going to bring him so much more sales, so much more money than just being in that number one spot for a day or two. Right. And that is the importance of that long term. Like, let's just keep the book as high as we can for the longest period of time rather than chase the like immediate spike gratification that you get by hitting number one. Yep. (laughs) All right. So... There you have it. Uh, The momentary spike in ranking on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, it may be like the most enviable thing, the thing that you want more than anything, but longevity, a healthy ranking long-term is really what matters more. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers or log into paypal and search us using our username which is at gatecrashers and be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode